0: It's Thursday, July the 2nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Britain sends Hong Kong as a lifeline, and America records new coronavirus highs. First, the world in brief. Britain outlined a path to citizenship for almost 3 million eligible Hong Kong residents and their families in response to China's imposition of a national security law. Dominic Raab, Britain's Foreign Secretary, described the new regime as a clear and serious violation of the agreement under which Britain handed the territory back in 1997, although he admitted Britain could do little if China blocks the emigrants. Eligible Hong Kongers will be allowed to live and work in Britain for five years, after which they may apply for settled status. There was another record-breaking jump in COVID-19 cases in America. The number of new infections rose by nearly 53,000 on Wednesday, with Arizona, Texas and other southern states recording new daily highs. Over in the Middle East, the number of cases passed the one million mark. The World Health Organization said the region, in which it includes Pakistan, has reached a critical threshold. BioNTech, a medical research firm, and Pfizer, a drug manufacturer, reported positive results from a small trial of a new COVID-19 vaccine. Those inoculated had significantly elevated antibodies within four weeks of starting the treatment. The companies hope to run a much larger study within weeks and have the capacity to manufacture up to 100 million doses by the end of the year. Russians appeared to have approved Vladimir Putin's staying in power until 2036 by voting for a package of constitutional changes. The Central Election Commission said just over 70% of votes had supported the changes which include pensions protection and a de facto ban on same-sex marriages. Mr Putin's third term ends in 2024. Airbus announced 15,000 job cuts from the 90,000 strong workforce of its commercial airliner arm. The plane maker plans to reduce production by 40% over two years, owing to low demand for air travel because of the pandemic. Meanwhile, in Britain, SSP Group, owner of 570 sandwich shops, is to cut around 5,000 of 9,000 jobs at its British outlets. Jobs figures from ADP, a payroll services provider, suggested America's jobs market had bounced back. May's figures were revised from a loss of employment to a substantial rise. But June's numbers, private payrolls increasing by 2.4 million, fell short of economists' expectations. Official unemployment figures for June appear later today. And Tesla became the world's most valuable car maker, overtaking Toyota, which built twenty seven times as many vehicles last year. The electric only manufacturer's market capitalization hit two hundred and eight billion dollars yesterday. Nevertheless, some shareholders have been calling for the removal of Elon Musk, Tesla's boss, because they think his pay is too high, potentially fifty six billion dollars over ten years, and that he cannot be trusted with social media. And now, here's today's agenda, Summer Justice, America's Supreme Court. For the first time since 1996, it is July and the Supreme Court still has cases to rule on. With eight decisions to go in a term disrupted by COVID-19, the justices are saving some closely-watched cases for last. The court will decide whether the Trump administration may exempt organizations with religious objections from the birth control coverage mandate of the Affordable Care Act. The justices are also expected to settle disputes over the status of Creek Tribal Land in Oklahoma, whether religious schools have license to discriminate against their teachers, and whether a ban on robocalls infringes free speech. Most pressingly, the court will resolve two matters relevant for this November's presidential election. One is whether states may punish faithless members of the Electoral College, those theoretically committed to one candidate but voting for another. The other is whether congressional Democrats and a New York prosecutor may see President Donald Trump's tax records. Anyone's Guess, America's Jobs Report. What is perhaps the world's most important regular economic data release will be published today. America's jobs report is expected to show that employment grew by 3 million in June, which would in turn push the unemployment rate further down. The continued easing of lockdowns in May and June is likely to have resulted in more people being rehired, given the scale of the economic disruption associated with the virus. Forecasters were far too pessimistic before last month's report. They had predicted that up to 8 million jobs would be lost in May. In fact, 2.5 million were added as employers brought workers off furlough. The question is whether job growth will continue from July onwards, as it needs to since by any measure unemployment is extremely high. Surging coronavirus cases in many parts of America are prompting renewed lockdown measures. America's economic recovery so far is impressive, but it is fragile. A problem to come. Unemployment in the EU. Almost as important, today Eurostat will publish the bloc's latest unemployment figures for May. They will reflect job losses resulting from lockdowns intended to curb the spread of COVID-19. Yet these losses will not be as catastrophic as some have predicted. Most European countries are implementing generous short-time work schemes that involve the state paying the bulk of salaries of those who temporarily stop working in order to save their jobs. Unemployment in the euro area rose to 7.3% in April and 6.6% in the entire EU, compared with 7.1% and 6.4% respectively in March when lockdown started. Young people, especially in southern Europe, bore the brunt of job losses. Unemployment is likely to keep rising in the coming months as furlough schemes expire and bankruptcies pick up. How bad it will be depends on whether governments impose a second wave of Covid-related lockdowns this autumn and winter. Unfriended. Advertisers boycott Facebook. Microsoft, Pfizer, Starbucks. Which company will be next to follow them in announcing it is pulling ads from the world's biggest social network? A campaign to hashtag Stop Hate for Profit, launched two weeks ago by American civil rights groups, has signed up more than 200 firms. They demand stricter moderation of hateful posts or else no more cash. For Facebook, the boycott is bad news. But not very bad. Its $70 billion ad business rests on 8 million advertisers, most of them tiny. The top 100 brands account for less than 20% of revenues, a low proportion compared to other media. Nonetheless, Facebook has announced some concessions, including labelling politicians' posts that break the rules. Other tech firms including YouTube, Reddit and Twitch have taken similar decisions. The boycott is one reason, but a bigger factor is politics. Democrats favour tighter regulation than Republicans do, and they are now favourites to win the White House in November. Bread and circuses, Vladimir Putin's plebiscite. Russians will today wake up to the news that nearly three-quarters of them voted for a package of constitutional amendments that allow their president, Vladimir Putin, to rule beyond 2024. They should not be surprised. That share, pre-scripted in the Kremlin, has circulated in the media since February and was publicised before polling stations closed. How many actually turned up and how they voted is much harder to establish. The plebiscite, stretched over a week and conducted partly electronically, was less a proper referendum than a circus. Still, an exit poll by the No campaign showed that in Moscow, more than half, and in St Petersburg, almost two-thirds voted against the amendments. And according to a recent opinion poll, only 25% of the population favours Mr Putin's staying in power. Not that they had a chance to express that. The difference between these figures and official results may be the best indicator of Mr Putin's loss of popular legitimacy. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Adams, who died on July 4th in 1826. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.